what's out there. That's why I'm a girl. Hi, and welcome back to Wild Dream, where we give you the freshest takes on the latest movies. My name is David. And my name's Daniel, and I'm a real boy. <laughs> You're probably wondering why I'm saying that. David, tell him. Well, that's because we just saw Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Uh, yes, yeah, so we saw not Pinocchio. Okay, not Pinocchio, not yeah. Disney's Pinocchio. We I saw Guillermo yeah. del Toro's Pinocchio. That's right. It is on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I do want to clarify this right from the top. Because um, last week I, last week on the pod, I said I get to pick the ne- next movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I said, go ahead, Daniel. Pick the next movie. Um, totally up to you. Whatever you want. <laughs> anything in the whole world. Um I did not pick this movie. <laughs> um, so we... Uh, the, the industry picked this movie. <laughs> the industry picked this movie. We had a movie picked out uh, for sure that I've been wanting to see all year. I've had it on my list for months now. Um, it was supposed to be released on December 9th. And then when it came to, you know, came time to buy tickets, for some reason, it's only showing up on December 20th. So I guess they pushed the release date back. Because of that, we had to find another movie to to do instead. Uh, so very last minute, we kind of scrambled. Um, uh, okay, another thing. There was another movie called Empire of Light that I was like, I would see that. It's the new Sam Mendes movie that was also pushed back. It also was supposed to open on December 9th, and then they. So I don't know what what is so cursed about December 9th and why movies are so fucking scared to open up this weekend, but. Um, it, it fucked us over, so... Yeah, it, what's frustrating <laughs> is that it seems like that's going to be the case for the rest of the month. There's not going to... Other than when we finally do get to see the movie that you are waiting for, um, which we'll, we'll, we'll keep secret for now, but, like, yeah, it's like, you know, you know, it seems like the other weeks of December are, are similar to that. Like, there's they're afraid to, to put it out. I don't know what it is, um, but whatever. I mean... Listen, I looked up an article of the movies that are coming out uh, this weekend, and one of the ones was Pinocchio. And you know, Daniel and I, we are Guillermo del Toro fans. We, you know, obviously Pan's Labyrinth was a, a huge inspiration for us. Um, and so, yeah, we um, we decided to go with this movie. Now, it's interesting because, like, what I read about the movie going into it kind of did affect my perception of it in the beginning, which is. The first thing that I read on the article about the movies that were coming out was it said, <laughs> "quote." The movie was not too heavy for kids, so you could watch this with kids, but it's definitely geared more towards adults. Um, I disagree. I think this movie was definitely too heavy for kids. I think most of this movie was fucking pure nightmare fuel. If you show this to like an, an eight-year-old kid, they would be horrified. Now, I will say, though, and this is what I'm going to say, and this is how I'm going to say it. <laughs> and here's what I'll say. And can I say something? <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the the original Pinocchio was a little bit of nightmare fuel too. I mean, like the whole concept of like the little boys turning into donkeys, like that was like that was such a fucked up thing. It was like like I remember like going back and watching it as an adult, and I was like, what 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 were they doing when they were making this? Anyways, that's I don't not know. true. I, I remember that scene very vividly. It's one of the only scenes I remember from the original uh, animated one, the Disney one from when we were kids, and. Uh, it's like the same thing with, I remember sitting with my friends, um, you know, not that long ago, um, in our twenties sitting around and I was like, have you guys watched the, the tunnel scene from Willy Wonka since you were a kid? 
Oh yeah, and that one is fucked up, like, man. No, and I was like, watch this shit. <laughs> I put it on, and we were all just like, what the fuck is this? You know, like there's actual animal violence uh, in that in one of those. Like, yeah, it's like a chicken getting their head yeah, cut getting off, their head literally, cut off. and shit. Like, there's yeah, a it's there's terrible. a centipede crawling across a man's mouth as he's moaning. Like, it's just, dude, it's so fucking weird. And so, yeah, uh, Pin- the the donkey scene in, Pin- in Pinocchio. Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio. It's hard to not say Pinocchio because that's what I've been saying for years, ever since Kroll Show. Is it harder to say Pinocchio or Guillermo del Toro? It's definitely harder to say Pinocchio than Guillermo del Toro. Okay, I disagree. So <laughs> I feel like every time I say his name, I have to get like a little appropriating. I have to go Guillermo del Toro, like you know what I mean, like really accent. Or maybe it up. just slow down a little bit, or even if you go fast enough, Guillermo people won't, won't care. Toro. Guillermo del Toro, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Can I just say Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Um, but yeah, uh, you can just call him Gizmo. Gizmo, <laughs> like uh, they call Guillermo on a. Oh, that's actually on, yeah. What we good. do in the shadows. I'm gonna do that. With that in mind, um, this one is supposed to be a, a darker. You know, even it kind of leans into the dark side of things. Um, also, I'm curious. Are there any guys interact with us? Interact with it. I promise, I'm not begging. But uh, shout out to two of our fans who actually did go through and like every single post that we've posted on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Katie and and Gabby. Um, Gabby, one of our two five star <laughs> reviews on Apple Podcasts. That's right. As well. Leave us some five star reviews, peeps. Um, but yeah, so I, I want to ask you, the audience, if you're listening. Um, if you're not listening, I'm not asking you, bitch. <laughs> Don't you answer. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, is there anything for that you watched as a kid? that you would watch now and it's actually kind of weirdly terrifying. Is there, is there, you know, that ruined childhood kind of, kind of thing? Uh, I'm curious cause that, that is very fascinating to me and it's, it's kind of weird to me. So I'd be curious. I watched the, yeah. uh, uh, even the live action Pinocchio when I, from when I was a kid was a little weird to me too. Um, I don't know if pe- people are as familiar with that one, but it was kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I think that the story of Pinocchio is, is kind of, Weird in, in general, but yeah, I mean, Guillermo del now now that you said that, now I'm having issues. Gizmo, I Gizmo wasn't del having Toro. yeah, Gizmo del Toro. <laughs> you know, he he kinda, his style is fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, his yeah. style of filmmaking is 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 this way, and so you know, I, I wasn't expecting anything less. So going into to spoiler free talk here, um, you know, this movie is like the things that make it a little bit darker is that it's set more in a real world you know, setting, right. It's not set in a fantasy world or in a, in a unknown land or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, it merges the two. Yeah. Pinocchio has always been supposed to be like an Italian story. And then, you know, this is like literally they go 1940s Italy with Mussolini in charge and like pure, pure like fascist dictatorship, uh, Italy. Um, so yeah, I mean that part of it, it's like, there's no way you're watching this with a kid and they know who the fuck Mussolini is. So they don't know how fucked up it is when they're doing like the fascist salute, you know, and all this stuff. And so like, yeah, it's like, (laughs) it's really messed up in that way. But then, you know, then you have like the opening scene that, you know, going into the movie, you know, I didn't know why that opening scene was so, was going to be so like impactful, why it was so serious, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I went into it with that, quote in mind from that article that I read that said that it's not too heavy for kids. And I was like, bullshit. It's not too heavy for kids. <laughs> it's too what heavy the, for adults. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, I can't watch this fucking movie. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, but yeah. And that was crazy. The other thing that I read too, that was like, I was like, okay. And I, I, you know, it makes, when I hear quotes like this, it actually, I'm, I'm such a 
like jaded asshole that like <laughs> I go the other way where the quote was, this is the best animated movie of the year, right? I can't even name another animated movie that came out this year, but in my head, I was still like, bullshit. I'll see. We'll see about that. Like in my head does, I don't go, Oh wow. I'm really excited to see this. Now that I know that people really like the animation. Like when they put a quote, like the best animated movie of the year, like my jaded asshole brain is like, Oh yeah, yeah we'll see about that. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> You know, because mm. so like the lines I, are not very clean. <laughs> I don't know about that. Claymation? Like, Is that even animation? It's called like. claymation. <laughs> Fucking uh, animator incel. <laughs> um, it's not a purebred animation movie. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, okay, obviously, you know, the, the elephant in the room of, of this movie was the decision that they went with to call it Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And and, you know, I even read an article, like a very simple, you know, quote about that decision. He's literally just said, I just wanted to distinguish this movie from any of the other Pinocchio movies coming out. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's literally like all he was trying to do, because there are some other Pinocchio movies that have come out like in the last year or two. And I think there's even one on Disney Plus right now. That's like a new Pinocchio. So I it, told three people what we were going to watch um, before we saw it. And every single one of them asked, wait, the one and it wasn't this one. Yeah. So like that's how you know, yeah. But yeah, and I'm I'm someone who like is is always opposed to that. You know, in a typical situation, and I guess after understanding that the situation of this movie, I'm like, okay, fine, fair enough. But I always hated like the Tim Burton's blah 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 or Tyler Perry's you know this or that. It's like yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm just just not Tyler a Tyler Perry's Gone Girl. Tyler Perry's Gone Girl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tyler Perry's Schindler's List. Yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> That's not <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I am a fan of Guillermo del Toro. So, you know, no matter what, even even with everything that I read and all that stuff, I was still excited to go into this movie. Um, and yeah, the movie was, was it was all right. You know, it is it is a story similar to what we've seen before. You mm -hmm. know, there it wasn't like a, there was a lot of stuff added. But in terms of what the base story is, it is the same story of Pinocchio. You know what I'm saying? Like the elevator pitch for this movie is just Pinocchio. Yeah. I mean, we talk all about how dark it goes and how different it is and how it's really heavy for a kid. But it is a kid's movie. I mean, it is uh, through and through. Um, it does have some nightmare fuel for sure. I do want to say I do think this is one of the best looking animated movies I've seen in a very long time. It was beautiful. Um, and it looked like it took... A lot of work. Like, I, I think it's impressive when I see movies where I can see through the screen, like, damn, this must have taken so much work. And this was one of those movies uh, for sure. Um, so, all right. With all that said, um, let's go ahead and dive into spoiler territory. So, you know what that means. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, so we remembered the synopsis this week again. We are two for two in December. Let's go. Let's go. We're so on top of our shit. Um, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is when a father's wish magically brings a wooden boy to life in Italy, giving him a chance to care for the child. Now. Sounds familiar. <laughs> we don't usually do this. But I'm going to read a second synopsis. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Because oh that boy. one seems pretty straightforward, right? That sounds like exactly the story of Pinocchio. It sure does. 
Here is another synopsis that dives a little deeper. In this dark reimagining of the classic tale, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio brings the titular boy to life unlike any other film before. With the help of his conscience Sebastian J. Cricket and his father Geppetto, Pinocchio will learn what it is to be human and see the world's many paradoxes of life. All against the backdrop of Mussolini's fascist Italy. <laughs> so, that is a, definitely a more accurate synopsis. Yeah. Because um, like you said, the other one really is just the story of Pinocchio. Yeah, you, exactly. Um, which they probably copied and pasted from Disney's Pinocchio and, and uh, right. probably from the, the back of uh, the original book, Pinocchio. So, <laughs> but yeah, the um, the story here, you know... It, Okay, so let, let's start with, with with some of the elements of this movie. Obviously, we've talked about this. It's art. It's a it's a claymation movie. Um, it's a stop motion animated movie. I don't think people call it claymation anymore because they, it's not all clay. Like some of the puppets are right. like uh, silicone, and some of them are whatever. So it's not all yeah. Fucking posers. Don't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, don't you dare. You know, at the same time though, you know the style of this movie. While it is like, I, I think it's a very unique. Um, stop motion animated movie, like in terms of the style, the closest I would say to this style is actually the stuff that Wes Anderson's done. So like Isle of Dogs and, um, the fantastic Mr. Fox, like those two movies are closer to this movie in terms of stylistic animation than like, you know, the Tim Burton movies were, or like, you know, the typical stuff you watch during Halloween, like Coraline, whatever those like are kind of one category. And then this kind of falls more. And I think that part of that difference is it looks more adult animated. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, I mean, do you, do you get what I'm, trying to, what I'm trying to say? I feel like a little bit. I mean, I, I, I have not seen Isle of Dogs or Fantastic Mr. Fox. I don't know why I would ever watch Fantastic Mr. Fox. Y'all know I don't like Marvel, but Stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, I actually, I have not seen either of those, so I can't like compare those, but, um, it, there is something, I don't know. I mean, it did remind me of Coraline a little bit in terms of animation. So I don't know. It's, but it's, it definitely distinguishes itself as different, as a little bit more elaborate, a little bit more exaggerated in terms of like facial shapes and stuff. Like I, I know the dad and Coraline had kind of a long face and stuff, but like they go off the rails with some of the designs in this. Um, and yeah, the they, designs and as a whole were so creative in this movie, in my opinion. And ironically with that, it's like the way that they went different was going almost closer to realistic, where it's just like, it just looks like ugly people, you know? So it doesn't yeah, look like yeah. super animated. So I think that's part of why it feels like a little bit more adult is it's less cartoony, you know, and it's very gritty. Um, and so that's kind of what you expect from Guillermo del Toro, especially in a movie like this, where you know that he was trying to be as creative as possible. And the things that he has done with special effects in his movies in the past have been very out there and very, you know, crazy and, and all these things. So um, being able to do a movie that the whole thing is unlimited by your creativity, um, you know, is, is very interesting. And so. Um, yeah, I think the style of this movie was really well done. I really appreciated it. And I thought that the mm -hmm. other part of that, you know, is that not just the character design, but the set designs, like there are moments in the movie that are actually beautiful, Yeah, you know, like yeah, actually agreed. really good looking, <laughs> you know, scenery. Um, and so, yeah, and I think that when you can do that in an animated movie and I can say like, this is a beautiful shot in an animated movie, it's like, well, yeah, you, it should be, you can make it whatever you want to make it, you know, yeah. you can draw it. And like, um, but at the same time, you also still get some, some typical, uh, 
Guillermo del Toro stuff. Like I told Daniel, like as soon as I saw like uh, a cross in the in the house that they're living in, I'm like, oh, okay, here comes the Catholicism because that's that's Guillermo del Toro's thing. There's always Catholicism and there's always war. Like that's like his two favorite things in a lot of his movies. So um, yeah, so and, you know, with that we'll, we'll go into it. So you know, the the movie opens um, with Ewan McGregor's voice, very clearly Ewan McGregor. He's not even really doing anything different where. A lot of the people in the movie did sound like a little bit different than normal, where he, he does not. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, the I was kind of disappointed in the Jiminy Cricket. Or I'm sorry, Sebastian J. Cricket. I was disappointed in the, the character because I thought it was so stale. Like you said, it was just him talking. It was just Ewan McGregor talking very casually and kind of uh, a little monotone at points and just like, I wanted someone way more. Like, you don't have to be uh, Eddie Murphy's character in Mulan. You know what I'm saying? Um, you don't have to be that out there and, and crazy and animated. But like uh, a good balance would have been nice because it's, it's such a silly character, especially like in this movie. Like, you know, he gets stomped on and he, like it's it's a very physically. And he's almost like the comedic relief. Yeah. It's character, a, it's a lot of physical comedy happens with his character. And so it's just like I would have appreciated more like bounciness in the performance and, and the character itself. Like the character felt older than Geppetto. Like, yeah, you, you he's know? supposed to be like really sophisticated. And I think that that's yeah. kind of his point is like, he's trying to be, you know, more, uh, deep than he, than he actually is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, but and yeah, I think he, I think he's kind of a moral grounded, like a, a moral ground for the movie to like, here's what, here's the good thing that should happen. And it's like, so he's almost Which like is his character. He's yeah. the conscious character. Exactly. Like he's so, supposed to be the conscience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he he starts off the movie with some uh, narration, and the, the, what's interesting about this one is that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't seen the original Pinocchio in a long time, but do they actually show, like, the story of of Geppetto's son before he makes Pinocchio? I do not remember. I don't remember either. In my memory, they don't. Um, if I'm wrong about that, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> After you said, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but fuck you if but you correct if, me. If you, ooh, if you correct me. Um, no, only yeah, Daniel I, can correct me if I'm wrong. No one else is allowed. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember at all. Like that again. Like the thing I remember so vividly from the original is um, that donkey scene because it's just so out there and which, creepy. Spoiler alert is not part of this movie at all, not which is interesting. Uh, they opted to do like a whole scene with the fascist dictatorship instead. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so they uh, you know it starts out with some narration and they they're talking about Geppetto and his son and so the whole first like you know section of this movie I wouldn't call it an act it feels almost like a prologue. Yeah, you know, it does. essentially. Yeah. Um, you know, is, is him with his son and like how his son is and his son is really well behaved and really sweet and innocent and, and kind and all these great things. And, um, you know, like I said, in the, like what I was saying in, uh, spoiler free talk is that the opening scene is he sees two planes flying over and I didn't even realize, I didn't think that this was going to be like 1940s Italy. So I wasn't thinking about the fact that these are war planes, which it turns out that they are. Um, and so, yeah, so it goes through like him and his son and him being a woodworker and making toys and all this stuff. And then it just goes real fucking dark, just real quickly in the fact that the way that his son dies, because, you know, that's a big part. He loses his son. His son dies in this movie while they're fixing the crucifix at, at the church. His son goes back into the church while there are planes flying over. And Jiminy Cricket even says, like, oh, like, like the planes weren't even targeting their city. They were just unloading the bombs that they had left before heading back to base. And they drop a fucking bomb on the church and the kid dies in a fucking bombing. 
Like yeah. that is horrifying. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Geppetto is like Geppetto loses his son Carlo to a bombing of a church, which is you know even extra layers of symbolism and you know what I'm saying. Like in <laughs> ten minutes into this kids movie, right? Um, yeah, he dies in an explosion from a bombing, and then like Geppetto is. Uh, sitting there watching the burning uh, church, knowing that his son is gone, and he's just weeping. And yeah. I'm just like, what? And, they, and then it's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Like, yeah, it's you know, like, it's like, fuck? this is this is just setting up the movie. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, you're not even into the, the thick of it. So it's just like, this is when Dave, you know, Dave had brought this up. Like, he was like... They said this wasn't too heavy for kids. Like, this is too heavy for me. Yeah. I, I can't watch I'm this. I'm watching a father lose his son to a war crime. Yeah. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. And so, so it, it starts yeah. off intense, man. Yeah, and very heavy. intense. And so, yeah, so they end up burying his son in, at the gravesite. And, and, like, the whole thing was that, you know, he had this pine cone and his dad plants the pine cone next to the gravesite and the tree starts to grow. And basically they're saying, like, yeah, like, Geppetto, like, in the whole prologue, like, Geppetto is helping the entire town. He builds things for them. He fixes their things. He, you know, makes special little woodworkings for their shops and stuff like that. So he actually is like a, you know, contributing member to the society that, that he's living in, in the community. And so after that he stops and, and he's basically just not working for a long time because he's grieving. And so we, you actually don't really know that Ewan McGregor's voice is coming from, from the Jiminy cricket character or, you know, the cricket, whatever, um, Sebastian, uh, until, after the prologue is finished and then you see, you know, Jiminy Cricket go up into the tree that was planted next to his gravesite. And that gravesite is one of the ones parts that I did want to talk about because that's like one of the, you know, things that we were mentioning where the scenery of that gravesite is beautiful. It's like on the mountainside and, you know, like you can like look off into a valley. It's like really gorgeous, but then it's like offset by this really like sad undertone, you know? And so it's like, yeah, it's like a, a harmony almost of, of, a, of scenery. Yeah, for sure. I like how unflinching they were with the depiction of Geppetto now. It's like he's a drunk yeah. and and he's an Italian drunk because he drinks wine. And uh, Is that what he was drinking? Yeah. Um, so it's just like, I don't know. I like that they were like, yeah, he lost his kid and he went off the deep end. You know what I'm saying? And like... It's a it's a self destructing um, uh, sadness because he's not like a drunk who's like piss off to everybody else and he's grumpy. It's like it, he's, he cries. It's himself, man. He's just yeah. he's he's completely hopeless. And uh, again, uh, we're talking about a kids movie. <laughs> um, yeah, and but that, yeah. that's the thing is that showing the death of his son was very impactful and like the way that he he grieves for this. And it's like the only thing that like took me out of the scene just a little bit is just the actor who plays Geppetto, which is. Um, uh, like man, I don't know the, the actor's name. He plays Filch in um, Harry Potter. He also plays Walder Frey. Walder Frey in uh, in Game of Thrones, who's a total piece of shit. So it's like, yeah, just I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not because necessarily of just knowing who that you know actor is, but knowing like his other roles. Um, I just felt like when he would speak, I like I couldn't get those characters out of my head for like a lot, a big chunk of the movie, like for the you know first long while. Yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't 
Uh, I wasn't bothered by it. I actually thought he had one of the better performances in the whole movie. Um, which he did. Which he did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not trying to but take anything away from But it is a distinct voice. I see yeah. what you're saying. It's got such a smokiness. Like, he's, he never yeah. plays the good guy. He never plays like, the, the pleasant yeah. old man. Yeah, you know, he's always a, the douchebag old yeah, man. You yeah. know, That's true. So it's almost like a learning curve. It's like you have to get used to it. Uh, to him know, being this character. To yeah. being a sweet, innocent old man. Yeah, um, so yeah, yeah, but the section where he's like belligerently drunk, he ends up chopping down the tree next to his son's grave and he he builds Pinocchio. And so like when he's putting Pinocchio together, it, you know, Jiminy Crickets or Sebastian Cricket, oh, god damn, I hate that <laughs> they changed his name. It's fucking Jiminy Cricket, god damn it. Um he's like explaining like there are these like spirits of the forest and this normally they don't meddle in with human affairs but you know in this time you know it looks like it looks like they're going to yeah um this was a cool shot too yeah like the, 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 shot. the shot of these guys but the, but again it was also part of that nightmare fuel right like the shot of these spirits are like really creepy they're like floating eyeballs yeah like yeah. bloodshot eyeballs like floating through the sky or whatever um but then they all like form together to form this like fucking wood spirit creature um, who was also a little bit scary, who was played by Tilda Swindon. And, and you know, the, yeah, and the this voice was, is really ex- extreme. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, this was where I was like, okay, all the creativity of that you expect from a Gizmo Del Toro movie, it's like it's it's starting to rear its head. Right. Because like, yeah, the spirit of the forest thing was just such a cool. I was like, what the hell? And then and then the actual design of this, I guess, angel, essentially. Right. Right. It, it's like. It's an angel, so it's like it's a good character. It's a character that is for the good of the people, right? But her presence is terrifying. Yeah. And her design is like she has like she opens her arms and like her arms have eyeballs that open and they're all the spirits that have, you know, conjoined into her like into her being. Right. And so it just looks so creepy. Wait, but, but it's like a, as an know. angel character, I like the design because it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you can like look up people have done like 3D renderings of like biblically accurate angels based on how, how they're described. So it's like and they are fucking creepy. There's big, scary monsters, essentially. And so this one was like even toned down from that level of like, you know, and, and again, when we talk about Guillermo del Toro, you know, he had like a big part of his personal character and his like in his arc and his life has been, you know, his his relationship with Catholicism and in, in Catholic religion. And so I can definitely see that being an intentional design choice, you know, to make this somewhat of an angelistic character, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so but she, she's the one who brings Pinocchio to life. Yeah, she, um, she gives him the essence, the spirit. Yeah, she gives him the soul of the the child. <laughs> so, <laughs> which also sounds creepy, but it is true. But it like is it. true. Everyone, they're in Italy. Everyone has Italian accents. And speaking English, speaking English, which is you know convenient. Again, I, I actually don't hate it for this choice. I mean, it's a kids' movie, right? So it's like you got to tone it down. It, I, I, it's fine. But, um, no, uh, I just like, they don't really explain why Geppetto has a British accent and his son has a British accent. I don't understand that. Well, not just that, but like the, the freaking like soldier character is played by just Ron Perlman being Ron Perlman. He's supposed to be like an Italian soldier who's like completely dedicated officially to Italy. (laughs) And it's just Ron Perlman. So yeah, the, the voice acting in this movie is like inconsistent and and it felt like at times that the choices were made primarily based on the names you know what i'm saying than it, than it was about the actual voice or the talent except for pinocchio himself who isn't played by a big name character and they actually did two different voice actors for his singing and his 
um, voice acting. So cop out. You're right. Um, which this movie is, by the way, I, I will say this music movie is um, a musical, somewhat of a musical. Yeah, there yeah. are there are some, some musical numbers in the sh- in the movie. I should say that's true. I forgot to mention that in spoiler free talk because I I think this would be a better movie if you take it all out. Personally, I think that about every musical I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I wanted a movie uh, called High School. Yeah, I think th- I think this movie would be better without the musical element. And like you said, it is it's a semi musical because the the musical numbers are not very long and they're not very frequent, and they're they're, they're not plot progression. Like yeah. usually, music in musical theater is supposed to be either a strong expression of a deep emotion or plot progression. You know, one of the two. So yeah, they're not really either of those two things. They feel more like filler. And like you said, I think that they would have been, it would have been better if they were removed. Now, I do understand the, I guess, like doing, because he does perform in the circus, like later in the movie. I understand those musical numbers because he's actually doing a performance. Yeah. And there's kind of a montage with the songs too, that kind of show time passing and. Yeah. It shuffles it along a little bit better for sure. But yeah, the, and man, my, my, my biggest gripe with like, okay, you're going to do the songs. That's fine. Whatever. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it. But like anytime Pinocchio has a song, his voice is so blended into the music. You cannot hear a single word that he's actually saying. No, I agree. Was that and, just and me? The, no, like, I, yeah, 100%. And, and it's like to the degree of I'm like, are the lyrics supposed to matter or is it just for the, the melody of the song? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah. it was just like the melody of the song matched the scene. And and then they and like you said, like to like to their credit, they do show other things while the music is playing. So that's what makes it even more of like a semi-musical, but they are full musical numbers performed by the, the actors, you know, the characters in the movie. You yeah. Know, that's, that's what makes it like a semi-musical. Yeah. So Geppetto has waken up from his drunken stupor of building a wooden child and then having an angel put an essence into, into the puppet. Um, hey, we've all been there. We've all, we've all gotten Listen, drunk. We've all gotten drunk yeah, and accidentally all, created life. <laughs> we've all had a few too many. Um, but this is when we finally get introduced to Pinocchio. Yeah, the title character, <laughs> Pinocchio. Um, and his design is, is very different as well because oh, yeah. he's not painted at all, right? So that's part of it. And he's very hastily put together. So he's got... Um, like, you know, drunkenly, hastily put together, his edges are a little bit like sharper and, you know, it's, he's clearly made out of wood that's been cut and not, you know, smoothed out or trimmed or anything like that. And he's got nails sticking out of him and all this stuff. So yeah, it's, it's a very, like his design of his character is also terrifying. And so he's like hiding in the attic when, uh, Geppetto wakes up and when Geppetto sees him for the first time, this is where I was like, dude, this is 100% nightmare fuel. No way could I show this to a kid. The way that Pinocchio comes up, he's like, you made me. Yeah. He, so the way that he moves is very spider like, uh, the way that he's walking, he's very clunky and it's creepy, man. You you think he's going to crawl on the ceiling at some point. Like he has. Yeah. He looks like a demon a little bit. Yeah. And his voice, it is creepy because he's like, hi, I'm Pinocchio. You know, it's just like, you made me. Yeah. And <laughs> like so, he literally says that. It's yeah. like, oh my God, and you're fucking terrifying. Exactly. It felt very intentional to me to make him terrifying uh, as far as his introduction, which I think is impressive because as the movie goes on, like towards the end of the movie, I'm like, dude, he's so cute. Like, you know, he's yeah, kind of adorable. Yeah, at times, yeah. But it's like his actual, like, legit base design is so creepy looking. And the back of his head is like 
an open stump. Yeah. And so it just like it looks freaky and almost also, like it a, also yeah. like almost looks like hair in a way. But, you know, it's like, yeah. But yeah. It, yeah. so his design is He's like a creepy little fucker. <laughs> his design is, you know, Guillermo del Toro's attempt at cute. <laughs> like, yeah, that's as cute as he gets. Right. right? Um, so, yeah. And, and that's why, like, you know, like I said, like a lot of part of this, mo- like a lot of parts of this movie, they seemed intense. And I saw like a little clip of the movie you know, when he lies for the first time and I was like, oh, that animation style is very different from anything we've seen with Pinocchio because he is just wood. You know, he's not a traditional puppet. Um, and so the other thing that's like really funny, but also really fucked up is that when Pinocchio first comes into the house, he just starts fucking just fucking shit up. He is just destroying. And he's like, what is this? And just throws it, smashes it. He picks up a hammer. He's like, what is this? And the, the dad's like, oh, it's for uh, uh, hitting stuff. He's like, cool. He just starts smashing bottles on the stuff. But it's also like almost ironic in a way because what he's doing is actually destroying all of the alcohol bottles in the house as well. So, you know, it's like it's like a, a, those two things, you know? Yeah, it's a very chaotic introduction to him. And I, it's funny, too, because I thought there's multiple times and multiple lines specifically that Pinocchio uh, has in this movie where I was like, dude, he's he's punk rock as fuck. Like Pinocchio is punk rock as shit. Like his whole introduction is just like destroying shit and they try and calm him down and they put him in like a little cellar and he's like, look, I'm going to church. You stay here. And he's like, I don't want to stay here though. And he, you know, he eventually kicks open the the cellar doors and goes and follows him to church. And it's, it's just like, he, he's like, I want to do whatever the fuck I want. I don't care what, you know, essentially that's his attitude. Yeah. And like, so like he Jiminy question, Cricket, he questions everything. Like when the spirit is turning Jiminy, is turning Pinocchio into a, you know, a boy, um, or tur- bringing him to life, or whatever. She tells Jiminy Cricket, like, hey, you know, if you can be the guiding light for this boy and you already live in his heart and you can, like, help him do the right things and be a good boy, then I'll give you a free wish, right? And so Jiminy Cricket is like, I guess in this, in, in this one, it feels like he's, like, oblig- you know, he's obligated to do this, right? He doesn't feel like a natural moral compass. You know, he's not like, a, like you know, like the, he's not a, a granted you know, moral figure. Whereas like the original Jiminy Cricket, like the whole point of his character is he's very sophisticated and he's very, you know, you know, morally sound. Uh, whereas this Jiminy Cricket is like kind of forced in this position, you know what I'm saying? In a way. And so like, yeah, he's like, he's like, no, 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 don't, uh, don't go to the church. Cause your dad said not to. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> he's yeah. like, and just kick the door and whatever. Right. So he, he follows Geppetto to the church. Yeah, I, I, w- I was surprised in this movie to find out that Geppetto is still going to the same church that his son fucking got bombed in. Right. This is, I, I yeah, that's insane. This is where Dave kind of called this out, too, before it happened. He was like, okay, so this talking slab of wood is about to walk into a church full of people who are extremely Catholic and start talking. And they're, he's like... They're for sure going to be like, demon, <laughs> it's right. a demon, which is exactly yeah, what happens. Pretty much what happens. Yeah. They're like, what is this demonic presence? What is this? Whatever. And so, yeah. And, and like Geppetto's like trying to be like, hey, you know, he, I made him. He's a puppet. I'm in control of him. Like, blah, blah, blah. And so like they don't understand it, but they do also accept it pretty fast. They're like pretty soon. They're like, okay, I guess it's just a, a boy puppet. Right. And this <laughs> is, again, like, weirdly enough, we, we talk about like, how this is like, listen, we don't care that he's a talking puppet. We care that you made a puppet, but haven't fixed our crucifix, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, our, our, our Jesus statue still missing an arm. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is where the mending of reality and fantasy kind of uh, starts to show itself because, yeah, we're in Italy and we have 
these political things going on. There's a war, but also we've seen some floating spirits in the forest. We have a talking cricket. Uh, people are pretty accepting of this talking, you know, wooden boy uh, after a very brief inter- introduction to him. And then we'll also eventually meet a, a circus monkey that, you know, does handiwork and puts posters out, you and, know, and can do puppet work too. It can do puppet work and including uh, the voices, maybe talk. Yeah. I was about to say he maybe talks, uh, you know, but uh, yeah. Um, so uh, you, this is where, okay. It is a kid's movie suspension of disbelief. You know, it, it's, it's not that hard to really accept. I'm not saying like, ah, this is bullshit. It doesn't make any fucking shit. Um, you know, there is some stuff that we were like, this doesn't make any sense, you know, but, right. um, yeah. So, um, you kind of accept it at this point of like, okay, this is, this is how it's going to be. Like, this is fine. You know, right. like, like, especially in this next scene, right? Because the army, what is it? General, I guess. Yeah. I, I think it's supposed to be like, like Italy's version of the Gestapo. Okay. That's what you I know thought. What I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't know what they were called. I can't remember what he called himself, but yeah, he's like the you know, fascist military police, essentially. Yeah. So he, he, you know, sees this whole thing go down at, at the church and he's like, we need to talk, bud. And so he goes over to Geppetto's house and, um, he brings his son, uh, to, to meet Pinocchio and hang out and kind of discuss what's going to, what's going to happen with this little demon boy or whatever. And, um, like, this is a part of that. Okay. Here's some logic that I'm kind of glad that they ignored. Where uh, they're having hot chocolate and Pinocchio's like, I want hot chocolate. Give me some hot chocolate. And so he's like, here. And he pours him some hot chocolate and he drinks the hot chocolate. I like that. I don't have to go like, what? It, wait, he has lungs? He has a stomach? How does he shit? You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like that they just ignored that. They were just like, like he, he can eat and he can drink. Yeah. You know, I'm like, okay. And they cool. were like, they were like, like, like they even said like, you've never eaten in your entire life. He's like, you're right. I'm starving. Yeah. yeah whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they did so well with his character because he's so f- goddamn annoying and selfish and like bratty almost, but he's so endearing at the same time. Yeah, like, it's like he's a pure like he is a child through and through, right? Like, yeah, like you know, children have you know an, a, an unbelievable amount of curiosity, and so it causes them to you know do things that we'd rather them not do. And so, yeah, I mean, with with, with his character, it's like it's exacerbated. It's exacerbated by the fact that you know he's a puppet; he doesn't feel pain. And, you know, he's not supposed to be there at all. And he's, like, learning a lot of things, too. Like, he doesn't know anything. Um, which, you know, children don't know anything either. And so it's like, you know, it's it's, it's not like he's, you know, it, it seems like the other children in the town, like, obviously they're being raised in a war-torn, you know, you know Italy. And so he he's, like, more childish than the rest of them, you know? And so I think that that's, like, a testament to his character that, like, his the, the purpose of his arc as a character is to go from is to learn the things that other children have to learn by his age, which is things like empathy and sympathy and right and wrong. Yeah. I'm just so on his side at this point. Like, I don't know. He's just so adorable to me in a weird way. And, um, this scene ends with him setting his own feet on fire to the point where Geppetto has to build him new feet, you know, and tuck him into bed. And yeah, because he, like, burns them completely, completely off. off. Yeah. And so, he, you know, he makes him some new feet and he goes and, you know, tucks him into bed and he's like, good night. Papa. Papa, you know, whatever. Papa. Yeah. And, like, Geppetto can't really say anything back. Like, he's like, good night. 
He's about to say my boy, like yeah. he used to. He like almost he goes, wants to say like Pinocchio. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he just goes to bed. Yeah. But yeah, and I think that this is also the scene, like for some reason he uh like someone said the word burden and Pinocchio asked what a burden is, and then you know, that that becomes like part of the theme in the movie is not wanting to be a burden, um, and wanting to relieve other people's burdens, you know, and that's like part of you know growing up. So um but yeah, so the movie ends up like kind of following the same track as, as the regular Pinocchio movie. So obviously the circus shows up into town. We get a whole, you know, song and dance number from Christoph Waltz who plays, um, the leader of the circus, uh, count Volpe. Um, I don't remember what the, if that's normally the character's name or not. I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's in charge of the circus. They show up and the monkey actually see. So finally Geppetto decides to go back to work. He's going to go fix the, the crucifix, um, at the church. And he brings Pinocchio with him. And so the monkey at the circus sees Pinocchio. And while they're there, they actually show that like the main um, like the the, the uh, main performance of this circus is a puppet show. And so the monkey goes back to tell, you know, the Count Volpe that when they were at that scene, you know, with with the uh, uh, with Ron Perlman's character, the, the military guy, the Podesta is his name. He tells him, like, basically, okay, if you're if this kid's going to be here, he's got to learn responsibility. He's going to have to go to school. Um, so he sends him off to school, and just like the real Pinocchio, he doesn't go to school because he gets you know caught by the he gets hijacked. He gets hijacked by the uh, the by guy the circus. But this time he gets like tricked into going into the circus because he's like told like, oh, I'll give you all the popcorn yeah, and he's hot actually, chocolate that you yeah, want. He's trying to be good. He's actually like, no, I, I need to go to school, and they're just and like, Jiminy Cricket's trying to, trying to tell him like, you need to go to school, right? But he gets, yeah, he just, he falls for the, for the, the goods and the riches of, you know, popcorn and candy. And, uh, he, he eventually, you know, does a song and dance as well. And he's the, you know, the star of the show, the star of the show. They cut the strings. How is he moving? How is he singing and talking? It's amazing. When Geppetto finally finds him, he's like, Pinocchio, you were supposed to go to school. And he's like, but look at me, like I'm a star, you know? And he's like. Isn't that a reflection of real life now? I mean, he's like, dude, like, I don't want to go to school. I want to be a YouTuber. Yeah, exactly. Right? So like, <laughs> like almost that, like to that level. Have, I have 200 views on TikTok. Um, yeah. I mean, he's just like, I would kill look for at all these views for this pod. On TikTok. <laughs> yeah, oh my dude, God. Please, don't even. Oh, dude, yeah. 200. Oh, that sounds fantastic right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's existed for like a day. You know what I'm saying? So he's right. just like. So he's, he's an idiot. He signs the contract yeah, with him by drawing it, a smiley face. Right. He's taking it as he goes. He's he's doing whatever. Again, like I'm telling you, man, Pinocchio is punk rock a shit. Like. But yeah. And yeah. So it's like in the midst of the argument, what ends up happening is that they're like fighting over Pinocchio until eventually he gets like thrown into the street. And then the Podesta runs him over and, and kills him. And then we get like, I think probably the most creative and most out there you know, area of this whole movie, which is yeah. their, their depiction of the afterlife. And so there are these, yeah, this is, this, this really is well. also pure nightmare fuel. Like every <laughs> fucking thing in this goddamn scene. Holy shit. So there's these rabbits who have like cockroach bodies that are gutted out in the middle where you can see their open exposed ribs. Right. It, it, like, it, yeah. Is that a good description of them? Yeah. I, and I and they're so. black too. And they have like black eyes and all that stuff. And they are like carrying Pinocchio's casket all the way down these like like this long mountain into these stairs and Pinocchio is actually alive and they're like hey you're supposed to be dead kid and he's like ah oh, well I'm not I'm alive hi and it's like these characters all have like like you know stereotypical Italian accents like New York Italian accents and they're like playing 
cards or whatever. Um, I actually, I absolutely loved these characters. I thought these guys were so great. They were like low key funny and they were like, like their character design is so fucked up, but then they're like, just like normal dudes. Anyways. Yeah. Working class blue collar, you know? Yeah. And they even tell them, they're just like, look, you gotta go talk to the boss and yeah. processing. And they just send him through these big double doors, and that's when we get introduced to the uh, duality. Yeah, the of death the angel. character. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So the angel character kind of like is you know brings life, and then this character is is the you know the character of death essentially, um, and she basically tells him like. And uh, by the way, her character design also insane. She's like a lion, a giant lion or like griffin type of character with yeah, wings. Yeah, griffin and or phoenix. Huge, I was thinking, yeah. Like. Uh, uh, God, what like what, I don't even know what to call it. like her head is, is is extended on either side and it has like a bunch of other eyeballs on it just really crazy and wild design um but yeah but then you know and she's also played by Tilda Swinton as well so like her character um is in this dark room that has all of these hourglasses all around and like black sand on the ground so it's like it's a really creepy you know airy thing but it's also like like really like wonderful like magical yeah. you know in, in a way has a weird sense of like purgatory almost. Yeah. Which is intentional. I mean, it's the afterlife, but it's just like, again, this movie was just so creative with the design choices. I mean, this was baller. And then they <laughs> like blend this with just Pinocchio being the character that he is and just being like a little kid, not understanding yeah. anything or giving a shit about anything that's going on around him. Right. Uh, but yeah, she basically tells him like, you can't die. Um, so every time you die, you're going to come back here. I'm going to take one of these hourglasses. I'm going to flip it over. And when it runs out of sand, you go back. But she says every time that you come back, you're going to have to wait longer and longer every time. So, you know, like, OK, so she says this, this is going to come into play later in the movie. Yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. So whatever. I'm like, yeah. And in my head, I was like actually thinking about the logic of this. I'm like, man, like you would actually get to a point where if you died enough times throughout your life that you would have to spend like a whole day with her, then like a whole month and a whole year. Like you might spend yeah. who knows how long, you know, depending on how many times you let yourself die. Um, but like, nah, he's not thinking about any of this shit. He's like, okay, cool. And he just goes back to it, whatever. So then this becomes a huge point of contention, right? The, you know, Geppetto says he's mine. He's my son. He's my boy. He belongs to me because I made him. The Podesta is saying, no, this boy can't die. You need to send him to go to the, you know, fascist youth and have him be trained up to go to the army because he's going to be the best soldier ever because he can't fucking die. And then right. the circus character is like, well, he signed a contract with me, so you <laughs> owe me 10 million fucking dollars or I get to take him on my fucking show, blah, blah, blah. And so, like, they're all kind of, like, fighting over this or whatever. And it's, like, it's such a silly argument because it's, like, clearly, like, first of all, he's not real. Second of all, <laughs> he is this dude. He This dude did make him. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, you're really going to, like, the contract thing, I think, was the silliest part of it. You know, because, like, like oh, obviously with the Podesta, I'm, like, really? He's an Italian citizen? Because he was, <laughs> really? You're going to say that? But, like, with the, the circus guy, it's, like, okay, the signature was a smiley face, a smiling son. Like a little drawing of a smiling sun. Like, come on, bro. Like, right. shit, like <laughs> it is funny. It's like Pinocchio is the hot girl at school. And like all the guys want him and he's just like, Hey, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the military guy wants to take him to war. Um, and he's like, well, you know, I, I kind of make the rules here, bud. So he's going into the war. And this is another, uh, part where I was like, dude, Pinocchio is so fucking punk rock because they're walking through the woods and uh, Geppetto is explaining to him like, you know, I Geppetto is upset with him because this would not have happened if he would have just gone to school and done everything he was supposed to do. And yeah, he's, he's explaining to Pinocchio, 
you have you have to go to war now. And Pinocchio's like, why? And he's like, because Podesta said that you have to. He's in charge. It's the law. It's the rule. And Pinocchio's like, wait, you have to follow the law even if it's a bad law? And he's like, yeah. And but he then, goes, but then he's also punk rock in a way because he's like, "All right, cool. I'll be the best fucking soldier ever. I'm gonna go. Sh- I can too. learn how to shoot. Yeah, I'm gonna just go like, shoot some people up. What's yeah, up?" The most punk rock thing about him is he questions everything. Like he's just like, "Why?" And it, you know what I mean? Like, why do you? Why would you yeah. follow a rule if it's bad? You know, he's just like he questions. He's like, "Fuck the government. What do you? Yeah. Fuck that, dude. Don't follow shit. Like, fuck the law. Fuck the government. Fuck the if army. If it feels I'm good, do it. You know, it's just like it, he's such a punk rock. But this but yeah, is but what then leads he gets to an the, argument with 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 uh, Geppetto. But yeah, the you know Geppetto tells him you're such a burden, right? And the only thing that he knows about the word burden is what Jiminy Cricket told him, which is you know something really bad. And so obviously this hurts his feelings quite a bit. And, and he goes, when they go to bed that night, you know, he talks to Jiminy Cricket and he's like, you know, and Jiminy is trying to tell him like, sometimes adults say things that they don't mean. And Pinocchio at this point has already lied. Like he lied to him, you know, when they, b- before he got hit by the car and he saw his nose grow. And that was one of the shots that I saw on like a little clip of the movie that I saw before we watched it. That I was like, Oh my God, this animation style is wild because it grows like a tree instead of just growing in a straight line, like just a long piece of, sanded wood you know like like normal it grows like a fucking tree like it just yeah like starts sprouting big. branches like, and then even pine cones that and it grows point. so fast that it's not like do or anything like that it jaggedly shoots out yeah to the degree of like pushing pinocchio back because it shoots out so hard i was like this is such a like intense way to do it that is. part of Pinocchio, you know? Yeah, I thought it was a really cool choice. It, it was it was actually really, really dope. But yeah, but then um, Pinocchio says that he knows that Geppetto was not lying because his nose didn't grow when he said that you're a burden. Um, yeah, which is kind of sad. I was like, yeah, wow. it was. Um, so yeah. he ends up deciding to go to the circus because the biggest thing he's concerned about is because is, Geppetto also says, you know, I, I owe that guy a fortune now because he signed that contract, blah, blah, blah. So he goes to the guy and he's like, hey, I... Well, we'll do the show for you if you promise to send half of the earnings to my my father um, to pay off the debt, whatever. He's like, okay, yeah, perfectly fine. 50-50. We know this guy's fucking lying. He's whatever. <laughs> Which, ironically, he actually has a huge nose as well. So, like, maybe he maybe that is a thing. <laughs> maybe the uh, humans are too also. Much. Yeah. Maybe we're also just, just at a slower pace, but maybe we're also getting that, yeah. that extension on every lie. Um but yeah, so it uh, he ends up you know going with him and doing the show, but then you know Geppetto is like, well, shit, I you know I messed up and I said the wrong thing, so he starts. So then we get this long sequence where you know it's it's Pinocchio doing shows at different places and he's doing like pro fascist propaganda shows, like yeah. like straight up while while Geppetto is like trying to find him essentially. Yeah, and this is a pretty good chunk of the movie. Um, it, it, it pretty much goes in the direction of Pinocchio is doing these shows and he's like, Hey, you're sending that money to my, to my papa. Right. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Look, here's half of the money. And then you got promotion and then you get, and he starts taking cuts out. Travel fees, expenses. Very clear that he's sending like a coin or two his way. Um, But what happens with Geppetto is on his search uh, for Pinocchio, he actually gets swallowed by this sea monster. Sea monster. It's supposed to be the whale character. You know, like, you know, it's a big thing, like, about Pinocchio. He gets swallowed by a whale. It's like, so, but in this one, Geppetto is the one who gets swallowed by the whale originally, right? And, yeah. And it, but it's, the, it's a complete, again, this is another thing that they were like, okay, let's take the story, but then let's also adjust it in this way. Well, 
what's one of the things that they do is that the the water is filled with landmines. It's filled with water mines, right? And so another like really fucked up thing that happens is like while they're in the sea, a bird lands on one of the mines and like compresses one of the pods on it and just fucking explodes. And we're like, Jesus Christ, why did you kill the bird like that? Like that was so unnecessary. Yeah, there's a lot of explosions and fire and like just a lot of violent stuff in this movie. Like yeah. uh, just a lot of uh, action, I guess. But um, so while Geppetto is looking for him right after he gets swallowed by the uh, sea creature monster, which, which again, is like, disgusting. Yeah. By the way. So this character, th- this is another <laughs> thing where they took the, the opportunity to take what was done in the past, do something really creative, a co- totally different design and something really interesting with this character. It's not just a whale. It's like a, it is like a sea monster, you know? Um, but yeah, so while that's happening, uh, Pinocchio is getting prepared for his show for uh, Mussolini. Like they're actually going to perform a show for Mussolini, um, which, you know, obviously Count Volpe is, is really excited about because he's like, oh, this is everything I've done has led up to this moment. And he's like, you know, super into the fascism and, you know, he loves Mussolini, whatever. Um, yeah, he's got a man crush on Mussolini for sure. For real, for real. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so but at the same time, the monkey character um, is telling Pinocchio like again this is like not clear because while the monkey character controls the puppets he can speak for the puppets but he's a monkey and then he doesn't like, speak normally it's yeah. very yeah it makes no sense but anyways basically he tells Pinocchio like hey he's not sending the money to your dad and he doesn't have your best interest at heart and blah 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 not only does he tell them this but then also Pinocchio witnesses Count Volp beating the shit out of the monkey for telling him this so now he's like okay this guy really is a really bad guy and he doesn't have anyone's best interest at heart and he's being a dick whatever and then Pinocchio tries to like he tries to big dick him and he tries to be like listen motherfucker do what I say or I walk you, you're not gonna have a show without me bitch yeah whatever and then he's like no 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 that's not how this works I control you not the other way around right so they, they hatched this plan, which I loved. I was like, bro, let's go. Like, I love this. Like, like, you know, like, again, what you're talking about, like fucking Pinocchio just being punk rock. He's like, oh, we're doing a show for Mussolini. Say less. <laughs> Watch this shit. Bitch. Yeah. And so he just totally punks Mussolini. Um, but yeah, so the whole show is like, he's like, hey, Mussolini's a poopy boy. He likes to poop and he poops and farts and he's stinky and fuck Mussolini. He sucks ass and Italy sucks and they stink and boo-boo. And they, and it Mussolini. really is. like, And it's funny. They have like little guys, uh, little cardboard cutouts in the back that move back and forth and they're like pooping their pants while sucking their thumb. <laughs> yeah. It's just like so, it's so juvenile and so funny. Like I loved it. Yeah. It was like, and it was again, it's just like, man, like pure punk rock, dude. This dude just freaking punked Mussolini yeah. in his face like that. Fuck you. And then Mussolini is like, shoot him and burn it all down. And I was like, all right. So obviously, you know, this is when you get your second sequence with the rabbits and everything. And so, you know, Pinocchio goes uh, again. And this time when he has the conversation with death, you know, Pinocchio is like, it's cool. I can never die. It's all good. Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the, the character of death is like, well, what happens if you don't see your, your papa ever again? And he goes, why would that happen? And she's like, you know, not everyone has a, a, eternal life. Like every, she basically says without saying, like everything you love and know is gonna die, <laughs> and, but not you. Yeah, I mean, and this was uh, this is her main theme in the whole movie. And in, in fact, the movie ends with this theme. And so it's like that, that's what's funny. It's like this is not too heavy for kids. It's like this is literally telling kids you are gonna die, and everyone you love is gonna die. That is like what I left 
like the and the not only that, feeling. but death is a positive, and it's good that everyone's gonna die because we all need to die. Like, yeah, I mean, it, she says, like, you know, <laughs> life is like life can life causes suffering, and eternal life will cause eternal, eternal suffering. suffering. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's so like, and that's the thing is that she's basically like. Like his character, what makes him a little bit different than the regular Pinocchio is that Pinocchio wants to be a real boy really bad. But this Pinocchio doesn't. He has no interest in that. And so we have to find a way for his character to get to the point to be willing to become a real boy. Right. And so that's kind of the purpose of this death character. So every time he visits with her, she's like explaining why it was wrong for her sister to bring him to life and why, you know, maybe it's not the best idea for him to to, you know, to be around or whatever. And so. Um, but yeah, but this one is just like, you know, another like relatively short one. And like right before she gets to the point or he gets to the point that he's trying to make, he gets sent back alive. But this time when he wakes up, now he's with the Podesta character. So, you know, we mentioned like, you know, all three of the characters were fighting over him. Well, we got the act of, of the movie where he's with the circus. Well, now that we're moving on to the act where the other character gets what he wants and he's taking Pinocchio to the to the fascist youth camp. Yeah, and this is a whole this is a whole chapter where they essentially are training these kids to be military operatives and 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 you know get them ready for war and um, and train them up and so they're at this facility that is very heavily guarded. They're doing all these drills and and doing these simulations of war. And while this is happening, uh, they actually get bombed. Um, so a bomb drops in and uh, blows the place up which sends Pinocchio and the monkey flying until they land on the little outskirt of the mountain that they're on, and it's Count Volp, and right. he's there, and he's like, I got you now, bitch. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, you know, in the whole sequence with the military thing is that he starts to talk to, to Candlewick, which is the, the character who plays Podesta's son, who's played by Finn Wolfhart, who is, like, supposed to be the model of a perfect child, and, like, you know, that it's like it's interesting because like Pinocchio is told like you need to be taught by these other kids to be this way. But he actually gets the opportunity to teach them to be childlike and have like some wonder in life, you know, so he gets like yeah. Candlewick to laugh for the first time, or whatever. And so it's like right before the bombs drop, like Candlewick finally says, like talks back to his dad and like tells him, like tells him off, whatever. And then it's implied that the bomb gets dropped on Podesta. <laughs> it's like, OK, yeah. we got another character who gets a bomb right in their fucking head. It's just like another one. Like, you know, it's just like whatever. And so it's like, yeah, it's one of those moments where it's like, you know, he is you know, he's learning about like those different aspects of life. Right. And, 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 uh, what it means to be sympathetic to a character that when he originally met him, he thought was, you know, just one way. Okay. Well now, you know, he's learning those empathy and sympathy, uh, elements by spending time with these kids. But then of course, yeah, the whole thing gets blown up. Count Volp is there. Yeah. The Count, Count Volp kind of corners him and is like, I got you now. Is it implied that Count Volp like told the enemies where the base was? Like, he was like, you took everything from me and you ruined my life, like, whatever. That's a good question. I guess that would make sense. It's like his way of getting him back, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Because um, it did seem like a plan because he was there, you know. Right in time. Right in time. Um, but this backfires um, and, and he does end up falling off of the cliff. And Which, again, another really beautiful, really beautiful scene and scenery and very interesting, like, jagged uh you know uh claymation like and like and so like the the cinematography of the scene really amplifies the the severity of of the situation um even, and again even though it's animated and so like yeah. then, then when he like falls to his death it's like really harsh 
You know, it's like, that's really like brutal in a way. Yeah. And then uh, Pinocchio and, and the monkey character, they fall into the sea as well. And they end up getting swallowed by the exact same sea monster that Geppetto is still stuck in, um, as well as Jiminy Cricket. And uh, this is a kind of a long-winded... I mean, the rest of this movie from here on out is a little too long-winded. Um, I agree with that. But they take a really long time to get from one point to the next. For sure. Um, but uh, here, here's, here's the gist of what happens. They escape the sea monster after being reunited by using Pinocchio's nose as a bridge to the blowhole of the monster. So they tell him to lie. So he lies multiple times until his nose grows long enough to reach the blowhole and they all cross it like a bridge and they get sneezed out. Yeah. And it's like, there's even a moment where like they make it seem hopeless because Geppetto and Pinocchio fall out of the blowhole, but then they just get sucked up by the air and sneezed out anyway. So it's like, okay, so that whole point of them like falling meant nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, it was really, there was no point in that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when they get blown out of the hole, you know, they end up, you know, drowning. And so we get the last sequence with the death character again with Pinocchio. And so, again, like we said, like we're trying to get to the point where he has to make the decision to become a real boy. Well, this is the decision that the, the person gives him. And you can tell that death is like trying to bait him into this. Right. Because she yeah. wants him to, to give up his eternal life. You know, she yeah. is the character that wants, you know, for, for him to be normal. Um, and so he like basically she's he's like, I need to save my my dad like right now. Like, I don't have time to wait for whatever. And she's like, well, if you break the glass you'll go back, but then you won't have eternal life and you won't be a real boy and you, you'll only have one more life. Um, you know, whatever, like you won't age or anything like that, but you know, you're, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be able to come back and see me again. Like, you know, say when you die, you're going to die. Um, and he's like, whatever, I don't care. And he smashes the glass. So this is his decision. Okay. Now, now we're getting to, you know, we're crossing that climax and he's becoming a real boy. And then he does end up saving his dad, but in the process he drowns. Right. right? Yeah, and so he's he's laying there lifeless on the beach, and this was again another sad ass scene where I was like almost teary eyed because now Geppetto has lost two sons, two sons, and he just weeps, and they do a good job on the animation for the tears because they just look so they don't look fake; they look like watery eyes, more so than just tear streaming, right? So yeah, it's like, and, and what's crazy about this is like it's it's on the backdrop of. Sunset of, of that and, and not just that But it's like We just had this moment Where he accepted Pinocchio For who he was You know what I'm saying and, and, Yeah and, and, and like accept And not just making him Want to be like his son And like loving him And caring for him deeply And admitting that That's what he Like that's You know the relationship That he has and wants With Pinocchio And so It's like that just happened like in the whale and then they gets blown out. And then Pinocchio has this moment where he decides to sacrifice himself for his dad. So it's like these, these really deep and heavy emotional decisions have been made at the right, worst time. At the worst time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, such a hopeless feeling. It's so sad. Um, what happens here is the angel shows up again and kind of, she kind of it, essentially her little thing is she shows up. And she's like, hey, Geppetto, my bad, man. I fucked up. <laughs> like, that's really what <laughs> she does. Of, yeah. She's like, I was trying to make you happy, but it turns out I just made you sad again because you just lost another son. That's she's my like, bad. Oh, Oof. Is that, I, he did? <laughs> I uh, screwed the pooch on that. Do y'all still say that here? Um, <laughs> yeah. So she's like, my bad. And Jiminy Cricket is like, no, 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 no. Look here, bitch. <laughs> you told me if I could make him into a good boy that... 
you would grant me one wish. And she's like, well, was he a good boy? And he's like, he, in a long-winded way, he says, yes. <laughs> he, I admit, he was a good boy. He did end up being a good boy. And she's like, all right, then you can get a wish. And he's like, I want the boy to be alive again. And she's right. like, all right, bet. Here you go. See you. And now, now we get this moment of like, <laughs> so like, it is a little deus, deus ex machina, right? Where it's like, okay, the, the creature going to show up and just grant a wish. But like, I also feel like we get like this character arc for, for uh, Jiminy Cricket where he didn't want this responsibility. Literally, the only reason why he was interested in Pinocchio in the first place is that he was living in the tree that was chopped down to make him, and the hole where he was living in is still on Pinocchio's chest, right? And so, like, you know, he wasn't asking for this responsibility, but then he took it on, and so he has this full character arc where now he fully cares about Pinocchio as well. Yeah, I mean, they're they're a cool little family. I mean, even, even the monkey character is a part of the family now too. He's just know? immediately accepted into the family yeah, too. They're like, yeah. cool. You're with us. All right. You're with us. Why not? I have a goddamn talking cricket. Uh, yeah, sure. A monkey. Can yeah. Talking cricket, a, a puppet that <laughs> has a soul and uh, a monkey who we can understand what he's saying, even though he doesn't speak English. Right. Cool. Uh, uh, just, yeah. So then now he's back and this leads us into the, the last uh, final statement from the movie, which is what I was saying. It's just, so, it is so, like, cynical in a hope, hopeful way. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like... It's just like, it's about the value of life, It really. is. It goes back to the narration, right? Now you just hear the narration of, of Jiminy Cricket. And he goes, well, Pinocchio did live, but Geppetto got old. And he died. And so now he was gone. And then I got old and I died. And then you watch uh, Pinocchio bury Jiminy Cricket in a little matchbox. And then... And then the monkey dies, too. The monkey dies as well, and you see Pinocchio go to that same hilltop where Carlo's grave was. Carlo being the original son of Geppetto. Of Geppetto. And uh, now there's you know more graves next to it because you have Geppetto's grave and you have uh, the monkey's grave and you have the little matchbox for Jiminy Cricket. And so everyone's dead. And then the narrator narrator ends it with uh, there's a visual of a pine cone hanging from a tree, and the narrator is like, "Will Pinocchio die? <laughs> Probably, eventually. We all do. Everyone you know is gonna die, we, and we are all gonna die. But life. In fact, I'm dead right now. <laughs> I'm dead right now. Uh, but yeah, but you know what? You got to just make the most out of life while you have it, because we are all gonna die. The end." Not too heavy for kids. <laughs> Not too heavy for kids. And then it's, it's shown that, that the whole time he was narrating with the rabbits from the, the death, you know, purgatory area. So Yeah, they're just hanging out. They're buds now. Which, by the way, that was a weird scene, too, because he's the same size as them in that scene. That's even true. Though they were the same size as Pinocchio. Anyways, it didn't make any sense. The point <laughs> is, that's Pinocchio, or sorry, that's Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Um, but yeah, I thought that a lot of the elements of it were really well done. But if I, so for my favorite thing... Yeah, I would just say the the scenery, like like obviously the design of the characters is very unique and very special. But I think that the settings being so grounded in, in realism and not be like like a lot of, of course, they have the fantastical settings like the purgatory area and things like that. But I think that the settings of just Italy were so beautiful and so well done that they made a significant impact. And, and like I said, when I said at the beginning that it reminded me of Fantastic Mr. Fox and, and Isle of Dogs, that's something that they did differently too, that they made the settings really beautiful and the shots were really well composed. My least favorite thing in this movie, I, I honestly just want to say the voice acting, only because 
like you said, it was very inconsistent. Not everyone had an Italian accent. No one actually spoke Italian throughout the entire movie. A lot of the characters were just casted by the famous actor who they wanted to play the character. And so, you know, it was just, yeah, like, I think if they had gone with like more obscure and I, I think this about a lot of animated movies, like if you just go more obscure voice actors and just get actual voice actors instead of just actors who you want, that it more often than not makes the movie better because those people are, are specialized in voice acting. My favorite part of the movie uh, was the animation. I mean, I just I thought it was uh, it looked incredible. The setting, like you said, the scenery, the the character design, like all of it just looked so cool and different and um like different enough to be like, whoa, this is like kind of weird, but like familiar enough to, you know what I mean? feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was, it was a beautiful movie. It really was. Um, and my least favorite part, I mean, I guess the musical stuff, I mean, I, cause I feel That's like, fair. like Dave, Dave can tell you firsthand, like when it comes to kids movies of any sort, like I'm kind of out, like I'm out. Like you could, it's the best kids movie ever, like ever. It's so good. Like I'm, it's, I'm, it's boring to me. It's just so boring to me. And I didn't feel that bored with this movie until the musical numbers. And then I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to check my phone. You know what I mean? Like I got the, the, the desire to kind of. Oh yeah. I literally baked cookies during one of the musicals <laughs> numbers. Like I'm not yeah. even joking. Cause we watched this one at the house because it's not in theaters at all. So, um, what are you feeling for your score? Oh man. I, I just feel like. I, I did really enjoy this movie, and I think from a technical aspect, it's so well done. Right. And obviously, you know, stop motion animation is the most difficult filmmaking of, of all. Um, so to do it really fluid and, and, and smooth like this, um, yeah, I mean, I think that with that and, and with everything else that we said, I'm actually leaning like somewhere between a six or a seven. So, like, yeah. and I know I hate doing half numbers, so I'm not going to. I think, I think I'm going to go with a six. Because of the musical numbers, I think if you take the musical numbers out, easily a seven. Okay, yeah. Um, if I was if I was younger, if I was a, a child, like this movie would blow my mind, um, and it would be a staple, you know, as far as like a, a movie I would watch like over and over. Um, I'm not. I'm not a child, um, so this <laughs> movie is not shit. God damn! It. I gotta <laughs> update the the bio of the yeah. pod. The 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 movie was not very enamoring for me, so it's not one that I'm gonna revisit. Um, you know that I'm gonna want to watch again, but um, yeah, technically it was just so well done. So um, you know the movie, without my opinion on it, is definitely like a seven out of ten. <laughs> like it's just like right. God damn, y'all nailed so many things. Just like yeah, from a technical aspect, yeah, yeah it's, y'all it's a nailed it so many different ways. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're like, Hey Daniel, what do you think about this movie? It's like, well, four out of 10, you know what I mean? Right. Four out of 10. So do you um, want to split that difference and go with me at six, six, out of ten? Five, five six hours? is too high. Um, I would say five. All right. That's sure. Fair. All right. Official answer, five out of 10. Official answer, five out of 10. As you guys know, these numbers change constantly. I, and to, to <laughs> yeah. your point, I, I agree with the aspect of like, I don't think I'm going to choose to watch this movie again but at the same time if taylor was like hey i want to watch that movie that you guys watch i would definitely sit down and watch it with her 
That's fair. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that's what, how we felt about the movie. So, now we're going to go online. We're going to look up how other people thought about the movie, see if anybody says anything different. We're also going to look up some, some of the trivia. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be an absolute shit ton of it because there always is with these claymation movies about how they made the movie. Claymation? Now. This isn't clay, bro. I told you Sorry. don't say that fucking word. I swear to God. All right, guys. I'm going to whoop his ass. We'll be back. All right. And welcome back to this half of the pod. Uh, let's we back. Uh, so I did try to beat David's ass. Um, I'm not going to get into the details of what happened. But we did get some cool stuff to read about. So let, let's just go yeah. right into that. that let's go good? into that. Yeah. Does that sound good to you, Bo? Yes, sir. Bro? Yes, sir. <laughs> I can't talk about what happened. Yes, sir. Um, so there is not a Reddit thread for this movie yet. It will be up uh, uh, tomorrow morning, apparently, or tomorrow afternoon or whatever. Um, so I went ahead and looked up some articles, and I am so glad. What a blessing in disguise this was, because um, I found an article um, that is giving a lot of insight and just crazy stuff in this article. So um, to start off, what I wanted to read about, um, essentially, Guillermo del Toro says that he saw the Disney film at a very early age, and it was one of the scariest films he had ever seen. So We knew it. We knew it was we, scary. We yeah. knew it, right? Uh, uh, he said that even before he saw the Disney film, he saw him in coloring books and picture books. Um, but the novel that this is all based on stands apart from all of them because it is one of the strangest and most disturbing classics ever in children's literature. Um, so this is the author's name is Carlo Lorenzini. Okay, so and that's Carlo, why they named the kid Carlo? In there the you movie, go. In There's the a little trivia fact for you. I'm not going to go into the complete history of the author or anything, but here's here's what you need to know. Pinocchio, The Tale of a Puppet. It was actually originally published in 1881 as a weekly serial in a children's newspaper. Okay, so here's what happened. All right. He wrote the first edition. He didn't know that this was going to be picked up, you know, essentially for more and more installations. OK, here are some of the things from that original novel or, or you know, that that um, that original serial from the, the, the children's newspaper. OK, um, Geppetto is way poorer, way more poor. In, in this original to the point where he has a fire painted on the wall because he can't afford an actual fire fireplace. God damn. Um, Jiminy Cricket, extremely famous uh, character. Mm-hmm. He is only in two pages of the original because he lasts he lasts for two pages before Pinocchio throws a mallet at him and kills him. Yeah. So that was actually one of the, <laughs> the trivia aspects that I was going to read about because uh, uh, one of the things I saw said that the the reason why the cricket is constantly subject to amusing injuries, um, one of which is prominently involving a hammer, is likely a nod to his fate in the original book, where Pinocchio got annoyed by him and smashed him with a hammer, and he spent the rest of the novel as a ghost. <laughs> so it's not just that, but then he's also narrating in this movie from beyond the grave. So it's like he's literally right. like doing like that original right. thing. So yeah, so his character is like just gets murked immediately. Right. And that's why that's why I mentioned that he this original novel was written not knowing that there would be other installations. So Jiminy Cricket did. In addition to this, there is a blue fairy who is a ghostly little girl who speaks, quote, 
without moving her lips in a faint voice that seems to come from another world, which is just such creepy imagery. Uh, uh, um, yeah, so that's just a creepy thing. Uh, and then the last part I wanted to mention is, again, in the original, um, there is a cat and a fox that string Pinocchio up from an oak tree. And uh, this excerpt from the original reads, The noose, growing tighter around his neck all the time, was choking him. He could feel death approaching. And it was actually the intention of the author to leave uh, Pinocchio hanging there to his death. Um, But it was so popular that people wanted more installations, so he wrote that out, and he survived. So wow. this, yeah, this movie was about poor people who couldn't even afford a fire, ghostly demon people with no face that that spoke without moving their mouth, and uh, and uh, Pinocchio killing Jiminy Cricket, and then Pinocchio committing uh, not committing suicide, but you know accepting his fate of of death as he hung from um, a, a noose. It's like so fucked up, dude. It's so fucked up. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. And, and I, <laughs> it's like, it's not uncommon for that to happen, especially like, you know, we, we talked about in this movie, um, you know, or in this episode, which it's probably been cut. So you guys probably didn't hear this, but, uh, <laughs> we talked a little bit here at the table about, um, the original Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory and like how like scary the tunnel scene was in that. And like, you know, and we talked earlier in this movie about how scary the original um, Pinocchio was. So, yeah, it's like, well, you know, Willy Wonka, the movie, that book was written by the same dude who also wrote Alice in Wonderland and, uh, you know, uh, The Looking Glass or Alice in the Looking Glass, or whatever. So, like, those books were also really weird and fucked up. And, like, in this article, Gizmo del Toro, <laughs> um, he says, um, hey, I made it very clear to Netflix that I am not making this for kids and I am not making it for the soccer parents. I'm making this for myself and my team. Well, yeah, a lot of and the I quotes... Can't, I can't believe someone gave Guillermo del Toro full creative control over something. What the fuck? That's insane. That's insane. Who would do that? What? what? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, listen, j- there was nothing that was going to stop this movie from being well received and there's not like you put that fool's name on it and it's going to be watched um and right rightfully so rightfully so and 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 i'm glad that he didn't do that especially with other pinocchio movies coming out already we didn't want just another fucking you know baby movie and so yeah and 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 a lot of the quotes that i'm reading from him involve things like you know the movie was originally planned and put together back in like 2011 2012 and you know the animation started in like 2015 2016 and then like in 2017 Guillermo del Toro was like yeah the movie's canceled i'm not fucking doing this and then because of the studio that he was working with and the you know controversy that he was having with them and then netflix was like hey you know we want to pick up the movie and he was like okay let's do it and so like that quote doesn't surprise me cuz he's like you know, he is the kind of guy where he's like, if I'm not doing it my way, fuck you. I'm walking. I don't yeah. need you. I like, do you know who else would want to pay me for my mind? Anyone. You know what I'm saying? It's like, cause he all like the silent hill thing fell out with him too. Man, right? I was about to mention yeah. that. I was about to say, well, he needs to uh, follow his own path with his good pal, Hideo Kojima. And man, cause PT, cause they made PT. God, dude. Right. As the, as the playable teaser to that silent hill game. And like, that was a huge story. And it was like, that was one of the most highly anticipated games ever, and the studio just completely blew it, you know? By, by yeah, fuck, it's know. still fuck Konami, man. Yeah, and so it, it's just like, I'm glad that Netflix was like, okay, 
You know what I'm saying? I'm glad that they did that because yeah. this was a, and like we would have never watched the one that's on Disney plus right now, like in a million years. Yeah, you know? no way. And, and I feel like Netflix is in the most competitive and desperate spot that they've been in since their inception. I really do believe that. Right. And like, like I, I was just talking to you about how uh, Mike Flanagan just signed a deal with Amazon. So yeah, that's like, a huge hit. To, that's going to be a huge hit. hit to Netflix. Like huge hit. So it's just like, there's pressure there. So I like, I like what that would have. Like we talk about 2K, right? If there was another basketball game that was good, it would put the pressure on 2K to actually fucking improve their game instead of putting out the same bullshit every year, right? Yeah, and we say that about every sports game, like Madden and, and yeah, and yeah, like yeah, all these all just the, yeah, the, the it's like competition and and you know, in the creative space particularly, yeah, is so necessary and desperation it creates in that's what it feels like. It's like they were like, we'll take it, we'll finance it. You can do whatever you want, but we want your your creation on our platform. It's like this is what's good about these these other streaming services and stuff like. Uh, but yeah, moving on to uh, to the other things I had to read, um, you know, the, the the primary thing was just that, you know, we talked about the differences between this and the original you know, Disney Pinocchio movie. Um, and like they got rid of some of the things. So they got rid of the Lost Boys. And in, you know, with that, they got rid of, you know, the donkeys, <laughs> the boys being turned into donkeys, which is such a weird aspect of that movie in the first place. But anyways, um, but in this one. I didn't even think about this while watching it, but the trivia says that they replaced the lost boys with the boys who are in the fascist camp. Like, are those not lost boys? You know what I'm saying? Those are boys who've been yeah. sent away by their parents into these military camps. Um, and so even when he just shows up, they're like doing similar things that the lost boys were doing. Like they're climbing ropes and jumping off of roofs and, you know, doing like, you know, things like that. Um, and so, yeah. And I think that him meeting those lost boys is like a very similar thing. Like I talked about earlier in the movie about or earlier in the pod about, um, the way that he's learning about being a good person. But yeah, the only other thing that I just wanted to mention that I thought was interesting, you guys might not think this is interesting, but we, I saw a thing and it said that this was the longest stop motion animated movie ever made. And I was like, there's no way. I was like, what? And so Daniel looked it up and yeah, the movies that if you look it up right now, it'll show you other movies. You yeah, know, like, I think it's like Kubo and then Coraline or whatever. And all of those are shorter. Yeah. So this movie is an hour and 56 minutes of stop motion animation, which is why it's not surprising that they originally, you know, greenlit the movie in 2012, <laughs> you know, saying like 2011, 2012. Uh, so this movie has been like 10 years in the making. That's like not that surprising, um, you know, finding out that this is literally the longest stop motion animated movie. Right. But yeah, I mean, that's that's Pinocchio. That's Guillermo del Toro's. <laughs> Uh, that's, uh, Pinocchio. Sorry. I'm thinking of like, I'll have the, the enchiladas with guacamole, please. <laughs> Guillermo that's del Toro. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Um, but yeah, guys, definitely let us know. I mean, this is, this is one that you guys can easily watch if you're interested. So, you know, if you guys think any differently about the movie, please let us know. Um, and, uh, let us know what you thought of the episode. We are at wild dream pod on TikTok, Instagram, and, and Twitter. Twitter. So come say hi, talk to us, please, <laughs> please. I'm not going to beg, but please. And also just be on the lookout for more outtakes of the week. We already posted the first two of them. And basically what I'm doing is I'll, I'll, I'll make like two or three of them as I'm editing the episode. Um, you know, I'll go back and, and, and export some of those. So hopefully, you know, those will come out. Uh, but if they don't, you know, whatever. It's your fault they don't come I mean, out. I'm putting them out for free, so fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, it's your fault. You didn't engage enough. <laughs> tell, tell me I'm funny.
But we will see you guys next week. Goodbye, everyone. You know, I'm kind of similar to Pinocchio in a way. Oh, yeah? How's that? Uh, when I lie, there's something on me that gets bigger, too. <laughs> Your tits? <laughs>